Welcome to Kuhau Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time listening in with us, we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life. Now stay tuned for today's message. And today we're going to talk about the blessed life or or the life that God has for you is not a life of uh, poverty. It is not a life of scarcity. It is for us to live the blessed life. Look at the person next to you. Tell them the blessed life. Now look at the other person next to you, the one that you ignore. Tell them I'm blessed. Tell them I'm blessed. It could be snowing outside, but I'm blessed. Amen. And uh, this, this idea of the blessed life is, is, it really speaks to the idea of an inner blessing, uh, uh, inner sustained happiness that takes place on the inside of you that is independent from circumstances and situations. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to live the blessed life. It is a life that is, it's a happiness that's completely disconnected from circumstances and situations. It is a sustained happiness that happens on the inside of you. It actually comes from the word makorios, which is the Greek uh, derivative or the Greek word. And, and, and here's, here's the way it breaks it down. It says, an, enviab- an enviable position for receiving God's provision. You know, you know what that means? It is, it is the kind of life that other people will look at and say, man, I want what he got. It, it is a, a the blessed life where people will look at you and be like, man, I love, I love what God is doing in your life. I want, how can I get what you have? Does anybody want to live the blessed life in 2018? Come on. And, uh, and what I want to do today is, is a lot less preaching and more teaching and I want to teach from the book of Matthew, but I want to give you this principle right from the start, right from the start. I want you to write this down. If you're taking notes, write this down. You will never forget it, and it's this. When you follow the person of Jesus, he will escort you to heaven. But when you follow the principles of Jesus, he will escort heaven to earth. Can I say that again? When you follow the person of Jesus, he will escort you to heaven. Can we change that to a T? <laughs> when you follow the principles of Jesus, he will escort heaven to earth. And I truly believe that if you place your faith in Jesus and you've become a follower of Jesus, that you are going on a one-way ticket straight on a private jet to heaven. Come on, somebody. But when you follow what Jesus has taught, on earth, what you do is that you get a little taste of heaven before you get to heaven. Does anybody want to live the blessed life? Now I'm going to ask Odin, Odin, can you, can you help me out here? I, I, I really want to teach today and this pulpit brings the preacher out of me, so I'm going I'm to chill real quick. Can I, can, I come, can I come close? My breath is good. There's nobody on the front row, so you won't feel the, the spit coming out of my mouth. But can I teach? Someone shout amen. And uh, I want you to open up your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, 
nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? I love that because I'm like, is it? Because I didn't, I didn't know that life was more than food. Like, what, what, is, what else is there to life other than food? Someone shout food. <laughs> is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow, sow nor reap nor gather into barns. And yet the heavenly father, or look what he says, your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet, I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith, therefore do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Now watch this, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God in all his righteousness. What is, but seek first the kingdom of God in his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Look what the message translation says. It says, but your heavenly Father already knows perfectly well that you need them. And he will give them to you if you give him first place in your life and live as he wants you to. I, 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 wanna, I want you to give the title to today's message to the person next to you. And, and here's the title to today's message is this. You've got to get the order right. Look at the person next to you. Tell them, you got to get the order right, man. You, you've got to get the order right. Amen? Now, I want you to join me in prayer as we pray. And, 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 and really, I, I believe that if, if, if I speak to you, it, it might be entertaining, it might be funny, it might be good, but, but it may not do nothing for you. But if God speaks to you today, your life will be transformed and you'll be walking in the blessing of God for your life. Amen? Join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We love you. We truly believe, Lord, that we are here to hear from you. We don't just gather on Sundays to, to just have a good time, though we do, God. It is really just to hear from you, God. That is, that is what we came for, God, to receive from you. So I pray, God, that, that you speak to our hearts. That it may not just be sound coming out of my mouth and falling on ears coming out, but that it may be your spirit speaking to the hearts of your people. It's in your precious name that we pray and we love you, God. In Jesus' name we say, amen and amen and amen. Can we give God a praise? Help me out. Help me preach this message. Just give, give God a praise right there where you are. Come on. <laughs> um, uh, how, many, how many of you have, have, have problems when you go to a restaurant and, and, and you place an order? Right. 
Has that ever happened to you? Like you, you go and place an order and for some reason, like you always have a bad relationship with restaurants because for some reason the order can never get, like I could go to Dunkin' Donuts, I could go to Starbucks, I can go anywhere and, and no matter what, even before I stopped eating meat, I always had a trub, trouble getting my order right. Like I tell them hold the cheese and guess what they, they do? They give you double cheese. You know what I'm talking about? And, 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 uh, and this happened to me the other day, I just had, had a struggle like, I, I go to Dakota Diner, and, uh, like, this is just, just madness. This only happens to me because I'm, I'm the pastor. That, that's what happens to me. Like, it just happens to me. I go to a restaurant, and, and I'm at the restaurant, Dakota Diner, and I said, hey, listen, this is what I want for, for my meal. I, I want a whole wheat wrap with lettuce, tomatoes, onions, roasted peppers, and eggplant, salt, pepper, all that good stuff, Right? And, and I'm, saying, I'm saying to myself, oh, this is going to be good because I'm going to eat a good wrap today, right? Uh, and, and, and again, this only happens to your pastor. It only happens to your pastor. And, 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 and the lady comes back. She, she leaves, and she comes back, and she says, she comes like a little frantic, like, you know, like, she comes a little frantic. She's like, um, um, uh, excuse me, excuse me, we cannot get your order. We're not going to be able to give you that. That's what she tells me. She's like, we're not going to be able to give you that order. And I say, what do you mean? And she goes, well, well, you know, the, the cook right now is very, he, he's, he's very um, inundated with all the stuff that he has to cook. And he's a new cook, and, and, and he's, he's, you know, he's not going to be able to do your order. I said, what part of what I ordered he can't cook? <laughs> and, and, you know, people judged me on that table, but we're praying for those people. Because they judged me. They was like, pastor, that was very ungodly. I was like, that's why I'm a pastor and you're not. But anyhow. I, you know, they judge me, but we're praying for them. And uh, I just couldn't believe, like, what do, you, what do you mean? What part? Is it the lettuce? Is it the roasted peppers? <laughs> Is it the onions? What part of my rap can he not cook? He can make steak, he can make burgers, he can make chicken, but he can't make eggplant? As you can see, I'm still recovering. And, 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 you know, like just the whole restaurant experience, like you, you place an order for something and for some reason that they, they can't get the order right. Like, they, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Like order matters. The order matters. Like, you know that when you're in a restaurant and you are waiting for your meal, right, and somehow the couple that came half an hour after you receives their meal, you're like, what? How in the world? Excuse, but me, so excuse me, excuse me. We were here. What do you say? We were here first. Uh, well, how, what do you mean? Yeah. Well, they came about 23 minutes after we did, and they got their food first. Someone shout, order matters. The order of something matters. Like you know, it's how many would agree that 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 uh, it's better that you first put your socks and then your shoes. How many of you agree that it is better for you to first put your undergarments on and then your clothes, not your clothes and then your undergarments on? Come on. Can I hear amen, somebody? Like somebody, some of us need to be set free because we still think that it's okay when you eat cereal. You first put the cereal, then the milk. And some of us are putting milk and then the cereal, and you just need to be set free from that today. We're going to have an altar call for some of us because you don't put the milk first and then the cereal. Someone shout, order matters. There's a way to do things. And, and here, here's my thought, because sometimes even within an order, there's an order. 
See, even within an order, there's an order because many times in our lives, we have all the ingredients, all the components, all the elements, but you can have all the elements and the ingredients and the components and everything you need to produce what God wants you to produce, but if they are out of order, you may produce a mess instead of the blessing. So you may have the family, the house, the, the, the lifestyle. You may have God in your life. You may have everything that you need to live the blessed kind of life. But God is saying you can produce something totally different if you don't get the order right. And so many, and throughout the, the, the narrative of the scripture, what you will know is that God is saying, listen, listen, you need to learn how to get the order right because priorities matter. Can I hear an Amen. And so we see this in Matthew chapter 6. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. He doesn't say seek these things and then add God at the end. He says seek God first in all his righteousness and you will see that everything that you have in your life will begin to fall into place. If you end up putting God first, what God is saying is, is this. Listen, I want to bless your life. I want to pour into you. I want you to live the kind of life that you, that you can never even dream of. I want you to walk in the fullness that I have for you. But you got to get the order right. But you got to learn how to put me first. Because if I bless you with something apart, me being the first priority in your life, what I bless you with would actually be a curse for your life because you will idolize what I blessed you with and instead of and instead of worshiping the blesser you end up worshiping the blessing and so God is saying to us God is saying listen I want to bless you I want to pour into you he, he says this I want to bless you with with this kind of blessing I want to bless you with see if I won't bless you he says listen put me first in your life see if I won't bless you Put me first in your life. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you can't even contain. See if I won't see your family be rescued. See if I won't, I won't see you and give you that promotion. See if I won't do what you can never do in your life by yourself. See if I won't. If you put me first, see if everything you desire in your life will not be fulfilled. See if I won't. Someone say, you got to get the order right. You got to get the order Right, and this is why with confidence, the Apostle Paul, with confidence, with conviction, the Apostle Paul says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory. Did you, he makes it personal. See, the Apostle Paul says, listen, listen, this is not something that's theoretical for me. He says, this is something that is mine. you got to understand that, that my God, not God or the God. He's saying, this is, this is my God. When you know God, you, let me tell you, this is, this is an intimate thing. Like, this is a conviction thing. This is something that I know without a shadow of a doubt, that, that my God will supply all your needs, not according to your riches, not according to your bank account, not according to your savings account, not according to the ability that you have. No, my God will supply not some of your needs, not most of your needs, not occasionally sometimes what you need here and there. No, my God will supply every single bit and one of your needs according to his riches. Notice it doesn't say out of his riches. 
It says, according to his riches. In other words, if I bless you, I can bless you out of my bank account, or I could bless you according to my bank account. <laughs> See, there's a difference between Bill Gates blessing me out of his bank account and Bill Gates blessing me according to his bank account. And God is saying, listen, this is the Apostle Paul. He speaks with conviction. He's saying, listen, man. He says, my God will supply all your needs. You need to get this. You need to get this in your heart. My God will supply all your needs, every single one of them, according to his riches in glory. This is the Apostle Paul speaking from conviction. And he's saying, listen, I know that my God, he's my personal Savior. He is my personal Lord. He is my personal uh, uh, provider. I'm not talking about someone else's God. That, that we might worship the same God, but let me let you know, he is my God. <laughs> and I want to I talk to you about understanding that God is your supplier. See, because when you know that God is going to provide for you, when you know that God is your provider, you live a different kind of life. When you know that God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory, you don't live a stingy life. You don't hold on to things. You, you, you live this free, expansive, all-inclusive kind of life. You live a generous life. And I want to tell you something. You'll never be able to live a generous life the way that God called you to live unless you understand, number one, that he is your supplier. See, when I know that God is my source and my job is not my source, see, I know I can live generously because my job is not the provider. My job is the provision from the provider. See, so, so many times in our hearts, we, 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 we bank on our, our job and our employee and bless God that he has provided that. But let me tell you that your job is not your source. See, I never want to promote my job to be more than what it is. Because my job is not my source. My job is a resource that God has provided for my life. Can someone, someone help me preach here? And so I want to talk to you uh, on this word right here, obligation. Obligation. Anybody say obligation? obligation. See, when we, when we talk about the blessed life, let me tell you something. When it comes to living a life that is generous, when it comes to living a life that is open-handed, we got to get past this idea of obligation. See, because you'll never be able to live the blessed life living with the mentality of, I have to. See, when, you, when, you, when it comes to the kingdom of God and seeking God, it's not about seeking God first because you have to. See, you seek God first because you get to. See, the reason that we give generously is not because we have to, the reason we give God generously is because we get to. Is everybody hearing me today? And so we got to get past this word obligation. And it says, look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? But if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the field. Look at the language. Will he not much more clothe you? Look at this, look at this word right here. Are you not more value than they? 
I, I read this verse and, I, and I, it, 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 hit me, it hit me crazy because I was like, wow, I've never seen this in this text. Matthew chapter 6. I've preached from it. I've read it countless, hundreds possibly times. And I never saw this. That what he was saying is that God, Jesus was actually making it personal. He's saying, listen, when you begin to worry about the things that you need, you're actually not realizing how valuable you are in God's eyes. He says, he says, why do you worry? Why do you fuss about these things? Why do you get overworked about these things? Don't, do you not know you're more valuable than, <laughs> than the animals? Don't you know that you're more valuable than the lilies? Don't you know that? Do you know that you light my God on fire? Do you know that he sees you with such a passion? Do you not know? Do you know who your daddy is? That's what he's saying. Like, my. My wife, you know, sometimes I mischaracterize her and I say things, you know, I see her do certain things and I question her motives. And I'll be like, you know, my wife so confidently and humbly, you know, she won't, I'll say, you know, that's not what you meant. You meant this. I know what you meant. That's what you meant. You know what my wife tells me? She looks at me in the face. She goes, hi, my Lisa. My name is Lisa. Get to know me. She says, hi, God bless you. My name is Lisa. Get to know me. Why? Because she, she, what, what is she saying? She's saying, if you knew me, you know that I wouldn't do that. And so this is what God is saying. God is saying, listen, if you knew how valuable you were to me, you would know that you don't need to worry about your tomorrow. If you knew how valuable you were to me, you would Do you know who I am? Don't you know that I'm your dad? Don't you know that I care about you? Don't you know that, that you, I, I, you, there's a twinkle in my eye because every time I see you, I am happy because of what Jesus Christ has done? God is saying, listen, get to know me because when, the more you get to know me, the less you'll be worried about your circumstances the less you'll be worried about your needs because if you know who God is, if you know, he says, don't you, he says, are you not more valuable? In other words, your worry for your need. I got, I got to pay, I got to pay, I got to pay, I got to pay my bills, I got to take care of this. Your worry for your need is actually an indictment on God. See, because when I'm worried about my need, what I'm saying is that I really, I still don't know how God values me. See, and, and I, want, I want to give you three words, three words, because this is, this is uh, my wife lost her job a few years ago, and she was working there for 12 years, and she was making a whole lot of money. At least I thought so. She was, wait, she was making more money than me. That's all that mattered. And I was just like, all right, I'm still the man in the house. But anyway, that's besides the point. And she lost her job. After 12 years of working, uh, this beautiful young lady lost her job. And, and, and I remember the moment she lost her job, my mind went like a Rolodex. It was just going through. And I was just like, and, and this is the three words that were plaguing my mind. And it was this, how am I? How, how, how am I going to pay the rent? How am I going to pay the car payment? How am I going to pay the bills? Oh, man, my son. How am I going to pay for my son's? How, how am I going to pay for my daughter's? I mean, how am I? Have you ever been plagued with how am I? <laughs> how, how am I going to be able to get this promotion? How am I going to be able to get this next opportunity? How am I? I've been plagued with how am I. And for so many times in my life, I, I, I've, I've allowed how am I to be the focus of my life. And God is saying, no, you don't understand. You have all the elements you need. They're just out of order. 
See, see because what would happen is, 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 is how am I? You actually have all the elements that you need. But what you need to do is maybe you need to take the I out of the role, out of this position. And maybe you need to put the I before the M. And when you put the I before the M, you'll take the, 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 the H and put it here and take the W and put it here. See, you have all the elements that you need, but they're just out of order. But, but when you put them in order, what you'll get is who I am. See, in the right order, God is saying who I am. Do you know who I am? Do you know that I'm your provider? Do you know that I'm your blesser? Do you know that I own a cattle on a thousand hills? Do you know who I am? Because if you know who I am, you don't need to be asking how am I. You don't need to ask how am I a day in your life because I know who I am. I, I dare you to give God some praise if you know who God is in your life. If you know he's your provider. If you know he's your blesser. I dare you to say, I trust in my provider. I said I wasn't going to preach today. I lied. See, what well, God, God doesn't want your money. God wants your heart. See, God don't want your money. He wants your heart. And God just wants your heart checked. And so every time we show expressions of generosity, what we're saying is that we know who our God is. We know who our God is. So we got to move past this sense of obligation. Oh, gotta, I gotta, I gotta be generous. Or I, I gotta seek God first, and gotta say no. You, you actually got it all wrong. It's not that you have to; it's that you get to. It's not that I don't have to love my wife. Yes, there's a sense of obligation, but that should not be my only motive. My, my motive should be that I absolutely love my wife. I, that, that my motive should be that, that I desire my wife. My, my motive should not be, well, I'm just going to kiss you because I have to. I get to. And God says, listen, when you, when you give, when you live a life that's generous, you look more like your heavenly father than anything else. Because your heavenly father is a giver. For God so loved the world that he gave. You know what's the, the, the expression of love? It is giving. So we've got to move past this, this the thought of obligation. This is why 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 7 says this. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. It's this thing of obligation. We got to get past this thing of obligation. Well, I got, I got to and I, and I have to know. Like, God is looking for settled people in their hearts. I, I don't decide every morning. And, and look, I don't decide every morning. I just, I wonder if I'm going to be faithful to Lisa today. Yesterday she got me upset. And, you know, I don't know. I have to? Oh, I have to. No. I, 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 I've already settled the moment she walked down the aisle. I settled in my heart that moment, that day, that I was going to be faithful to her the rest of my life. Through sickness and in health. Through, until death do us part. 
See, I don't wake up every morning deciding whether I'm going to be a husband. I made a decision that I was going to be a husband. Now I just walk in it. And so many times we got to decide in our hearts that we're going to be generous givers and not wake up every Sunday, not wake up every day and think about it. Well, am I going to be generous today? Am I going to give my tithes when I get my paycheck? Am I going to give my tithes? Am I going to get my offering? I don't know if I can do it. I got a budget. No, no. You have to be settled in your heart and say, I've decided the moment I follow Jesus that I'm not going to just follow the person of Jesus. I'm going to follow the principles of Jesus, and I want to bring heaven down to earth before I get to heaven. If you guys want to join Lisa, you're more than welcome. God bless. I want to, I want to talk to you about this other word, obedience. Everybody shout, obedience. obedience. Shout, obedience. Come on, help me preach. Obedience. Obedience. See, the primary way that God calls us to be generous is by obeying his word. And so it's not an obligation. It's not out of obligation. Is it a command? Are we expected to? Absolutely. But our heart cannot be because it's obligation. Our heart is because it's obedience. I just want to be faithful to my daddy. I want to be faithful to what God has called me to do. Not in a judgmental way, not in a domineering way, not in a condemning kind of way, but in a way of love. And I truly believe that when you're in an open relationship with Jesus Christ, let me tell you, the natural progression is obedience. Just, I just want to obey my father. Do, do you have mistakes and mess ups and do you fall short at times? Yes, but I just want to live a life that says I'm going to strive every day to be obedient to my God. And so... There's a principle in, in the Bible throughout the Old and New Testament, and it's called, everybody say this with me, say tithe. tithe. I know some of you guys struggled with that, so I'm, I'm going to let you do that again. Some of you guys stuttered and you said, but I need you to say with me, say tithe. Tithe. And I know every time we hear, you know, there's been times in church where they have used this word tithe to manipulate people and to make people feel bad and to condemn people and to make them feel guilty. But I believe that in order for us to live the blessed life that God wants us to live, we have to operate in the principles that God has for us. And one of these kingdom principles is this word tithe. Everybody say tithe. And, and it comes from... the. There's a, there's a passage in the Bible that it, it comes from, and, and I just remember, there's a few things that I credit my father. Is He, he taught me two things, and, and, and you guys have heard me share on the relationship I have with my father and, and how difficult it was growing up. There was two things that I have to give credit to my father, and, and that's tithing and fasting. And he taught me how to tithe, and he taught me how to fast. And that's actually two things that he never, he never did it in a condemning way, and he never, for some reason, those two things are the things that stuck with me. And tithing and fasting was two of them. And uh, tithing, I remember I would, I would go shoveling, man. I would go shoveling for snow, you know, at 14, 15 years old. And I, I'd go up Snake Hill, you know, Snake Hill on Van Dues, like just Snake Hill. It's we call it Hell Hill, but it's Snake Hill <laughs> because it's so steep. And I used to go up that hill and I used to come back from shoveling snow. And I come back with like $140, and I remember my father would sit me down, and he would say, hey, hey, this is what happens when you earn an income, and you, what you want to do is you want to give God what belongs to him. You want to give first what belongs to him. You don't budget outside of first giving what belongs to God. And I thank God because in this church community, man, I think there's about 
There's so many families here that have already been settled and decided that we're going to give God what first belongs to him. And so there are so many families in this church. Man, I had conversations already about just some things that we want to do for this year. And, and, and I love hearing the heart of this church because the heart of this church is so generous. And so when we talk about blessing other ministries, when we talk about blessing families in need, everybody's like, yes, yes, let's, let's do it, let's do it. We talk about covering things, everybody's like, yes, I, let's do it, let's, we're all in because the heart of this church is so generous. And, 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 I, and I remember my father sitting me down, he says, you take the first 10%, the first 10%. You don't wait to budget it, you take the first 10% and you give it to God. And I remember as a little kid, I would get my, my tithe envelope and I would put, you know, that was $140, so I'd take $14, i put it in the envelope, and, and, and then i bring it to church. And I was so excited to bring it to church. And, and as I grew up, for some reason, that really stuck with me. And it's, it's been all my life, but since I've been, I've been working since I was 17 years old, and so for the last almost 20 years of my life, I've lived under this principle called tithe. Everybody shout tithe. And so I would take the 10% every single day, no matter what my paycheck was, no matter if I was under unemployment, I would take 10% of what God has provided to me and I would give it and return it back to him. I would bring God the tithe. And notice I say bring because you don't pay your tithes, you, you bring your tithes. Okay? And so uh, it comes from this chapter in the Bible, Malachi chapter 3. And it says, for I the Lord do not change. How many of you are grateful that God doesn't change? I mean, your, your wife might change. Your husband might change. Your kids might change. But God does not change. Therefore, you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. <laughs> How about that? For the days of your fathers you have turned aside from my statutes. That word statutes, it's like... It's a, 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 a consistent way of life. that You have turned from the consistent way of life that I've, I've, I've ordained for you. It's, another word is ordinances. It's, it's the way you should live, right? The statutes of God. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return? Will a man rob God? You are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? Look what, look what God's response is. In your tithes and contributions. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me. Now that word curse many times think is like this wickedness that's going to come upon you. But the idea there is just the consequences of not putting God, there are consequences for not putting God first. Notice he doesn't say I'm going to curse you. God is not going to curse you. Especially in New Testament believers, we believe that God has redeemed us from every single curse there is. Okay. So you're not going to be cursed by God. But that word curse in the Old Testament is actually talking about the consequences of not putting God first. And look, he explains it. He explains what the curse looks like. In your, look what he says, you are cursed with a curse for, for you are robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring, look what it says, look what it says, bring the full tithe into your storehouse that there may be food in my house. And thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not, put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. I will, here, here's the curse. I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits. He says, listen, listen, at the end of the day, you're, 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 what you have, what you've been blessed with, the, the finances that you have, he, he, 
there's, there's a difference between giving God what belongs to him and then having the blessing of God over your finances rather than taking your finances and you're the only one that's blessing your finances. See, I'd rather God be in control of my finances than me be in control of my finances because I'd rather God bless the 90% that I have rather than me live, out with the, live without the blessing of God with the 100% I have. Okay? So I, I used to be scared. I'm going to be honest. I used to be scared teaching on a tithe. It, it, I'd, I'd be like, oh, God, oh, jeez, oh, Lord, how am I going to, oh, God, oh, Lord, please, Lord, please. How am I going to teach this thing, Lord? Because, you know, again, churches have, have gotten such a bad name for, for the manipulation of money and things like that. And, 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 and I remember I used to be so concerned. And for the first two years of this church, I never taught on giving, never taught on tithing. And, and I remember I was speaking to one of my mentors. And my mentor says, you teach on grace. You teach on the love of God. You teach on obedience. You teach on, on all these principles. Why? Because you want your congregation to be blessed. And he goes, why would you rob your congregation from the blessing of generosity? That's my mentor. That's what he told me. Thank you, sir. And, uh, and, and I vowed that day that at least once a year we were going to take some time and talk about generosity. We would take uh, some time uh, in our year to talk about giving and, and being generous. And, 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 and here's the thing. That God says you ought to bring back to me. See, see here's the principle. God says, I blessed you with everything. And I just want to remind you who it belongs to by bringing back to me 10%. And when you give back to me 10%, I credit you like you gave me everything. That's what the Bible says. God is saying, listen, listen, listen. Do you remember who it belongs to? Now, what is a tithe? A tithe is 10% of whatever God has blessed you with. So if God has blessed you, see, what God has blessed me with is not the same thing that God has blessed you with. See, what God has blessed me with is not the same thing that God has blessed Bill Gates with. And so God is saying, see, the, the amount doesn't matter. It's the heart that matters. And you need to be reminded of who it belongs to. Now, does anybody have car keys? Do you have car keys? Come, come here. I, I, I want to illustrate this real quick. Oh, sorry. So, 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 my, my man Frank, come here, Frank. Come here, help me out. So, Frank says, hey, I want to give you these car keys. And, yo, thank you, man. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. And so, I, I, I come and take his car keys, and I, and I take his car for a ride, right? And I'm using his car, and I'm driving it around, and, and I'm, yo, I'm blessed right here. Right here, so I'm blessed. He let me borrow his car keys. You know, he let me have it, you know. So, I'm just, I'm rocking it, right? I come back, and. Now, 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 imagine me just, what is Frank's expectancy that I come back and give it back to him, no? Isn't it his expectancy? Why? Because he let me borrow his keys. And so I'm driving it around and having a good time. Then I come back to Frank. I said, Frank, I've been praying. And the Lord put in my heart. I've been praying. And the Lord put in my heart. To give you these car keys. Like what? Like, wait, home, homeboy, that's, they're my car keys. What do you mean the Lord put it in your heart to give them back to me? 
And sometimes that's the way we approach the time. They're like, ah, oh, uh, God, you know, I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to seek your face. And I'm just, you know, maybe I might give you what belongs to you in the first place. And God is saying, don't you understand that everything I've given you belongs to me? What I'm asking of you is to show that you depend on me. What I'm asking for you is this word obedience. And I want you to operate in these principles. So God is saying, Bring the tithe. See, I'm looking to teach the church how to be bringers. We bring our worship unto God. We bring people to a service. But as, 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 as followers of Jesus and are called by his name, we ought to bring our tithe to God's house. See, what is a tithe? A tithe is a penny out of every dime. I, I use this to teach my son. My, my, uh, I brought my son and, and uh, he got some Christmas money, and I said, this, this is what a tithe is. A tithe is a penny out of every dime. Someone say, a penny out of every dime. Y'all look so discouraged right now. I'm blessed. Y'all look so discouraged right now. It's not even funny. A penny out of every dime. Can we sing a song? A penny out of every dime. And so God is saying, listen, I told my son, I said, listen, when God blesses you with finances, he says, would you return back to me a penny out of every dime? And this is a principle that's taught throughout the entire narrative of the Bible. God says, I, I, I want to bless you. And, and there's so many people, well, I can't afford to tithe. And I want to tell you that you can't afford not to tithe. See, you can't afford not to tithe. And so often, so many people have, have genuine people, you know, in good faith, they, they said, you know, I just, I don't know, I just, I just, I, I can't, I can't tithe. I, I just, I just can't, I just can't, I can't budget in. And that's the problem, that you're trying to budget in what doesn't belong to you. I can't tell you how many people try, have tried to budget the tithe and they're faithful one week and, they're, and they, they're obedient one week and the next week, well, I can't do it because I'm, I can't budget it in. And God is saying, no, it doesn't belong to you in the first place. Then my car keys. It doesn't belong to you. And so if God blesses you with $1,000 a week, only 900 God is blessing for you to operate under. And he's saying, would you return back to me what belongs to me in the first place? How many believe that God has blessed you with an income? Some kind of income, right? Like you get paid weekly. Some of us get paid weekly. Some of us get paid twice a month. Some of us get paid maybe monthly. Some of us get paid every day, right? And God is saying... If I've blessed you with that, and I am your source, then here's a principle that will bless your life. You return back to God what belongs to him by returning to him 10%. And so Mark says, in chapter 12, it says, Well then, Jesus said, give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar, and give to God what belongs to to God. Someone say, it doesn't belong to me. I need, I need two, two people to help me out real quick. And uh, let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Um, Vernon, come here. Vernon, come here. Uh, Derek, come here. Derek, come here. I feel real safe next to y'all. <laughs> look at this. We look like an Oreo here, right here. It's just... <laughs> Just like, I don't know how this happened. Who let this happen? Anyway, unintentional Oreos. By the way, Oreos are vegan. Anyhow, 
Um, see, see, there's, there's two kind of people sometimes. There's one person that says, wait, wait, I can't, I can't tithe because I make way too much money. Like, do you know how much my tithe would be? Pastor, do you know that I make a gazillion, gazillion, babillion, one billion dollars? I can't afford to tithe because it's way too much. And then, and then there's, there's the people that, that, that's Vernon. Vernon is the, you know, he's, he's making a trillion dollars. He just can't give because, because he makes way too much, way too much money. And his tithe would be, you know, $2,000 a week. And so, so he, see, this principle goes for you too. Because God doesn't ask, God doesn't ask Derek what he asks from Vernon in amount, but it's equal sacrifice. See, because he may not make as much as Vernon, but that's why, but when you give 10%, you have equal sacrifice as Vernon. Okay? So, so here's, here's, here's my message. Like, in some, I can't afford to tithe. And this is what I say. Well, who's your source? Who's your source? What do you mean you can't afford to tithe? Because who's your source? If, if God is blessing you with a thousand, and this is where financial stewardship comes into play. Stay right here. Financial stewardship comes into play because here's what happens. Oftentimes, we live just simply beyond our means. See, this is why financial stewardship is so important because you can make a million dollars a year, but if you're spending a million point two, you broke. You can make a hundred grand a year, but if you're spending two hundred grand, you're broke. You're in debt. And many times, you've heard the saying that what do we do? We, 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 we buy things we don't need to with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. And so we're spending money we don't have. We're going, that's why we're, so many people are in debt because it's not just about the tithe. The tithe actually sets things into motion. The tithe, but the next thing to tithing is financial stewardship. And I want you to write this down, number one, when you, this is what I would tell Derek, Derek, maybe you feel like you can't afford to tithe because financially you're not, you're not being a steward of your money. And so what do we do? We spend more than what we have, and, and this is what financial stewardship looks like. It looks, write this down, number one, 10% belongs to God right off the back. I take 10% and I give it to God, Right? The next 10%, I put it into savings. Whether I'm going to pay a tuition, whatever, I put it into savings. And then what I do is I steward the 80% that God has given me. I hope this is blessing somebody today. See, God says, listen, I, I'm, I, I want to bless you, but I also want you to know how to live a blessed life. And how you live a blessed life is by stewarding your finances correctly. If God is blessing you with 100000 a year and we're spending more than that, then we're not living within our means. And so maybe God didn't call you to have 500 cars. Maybe that God didn't call you to have so many mortgages. Maybe God is saying, I have blessed you and I want you to steward these finances. If I've blessed you with $600 a week, what you do is you take $60, you give them to God. That belongs to God. It don't belong to you. It belongs to God. You take the other $60 and you put it in your savings account. And what does that mean? You live off the 80%. And what does that mean? If you can't afford anything beyond the 80%, maybe it's not for you to have at this moment in this season. See, because God doesn't bless, watch this, God doesn't bless, God doesn't bless you at a point where 
God doesn't bless you first and then teach you. God teaches you and then blesses you. In other words, God, God says, I want to trust you with, with, with $1,000. Because if I can trust you with $1,000, when you get to Vernon's place of, a, of $100,000, you're not talking about, well, this is way too much. See, and then there's so many people, oh, if I win the lotto, I'll win the lotto. I'm telling you, Pastor Roll, I will give a tithe. No, you won't. Why? Because you can't give a tithe of $100. And so I tell Vernon, like, Vernon, what, what do you mean? Like, you, you, can't, you can't get tired because you make too much money. You, like, you make, you know, a billion dollars a year and all that stuff. And Vernon's like, yeah, I just can't. It's too much. It's easy for people that make $100, you know, a day. That, that, that's, they could tithe of that because that's a little. And I'm like, well, you know, let's pray that. Um, I'm going to pray for you, bro. And I'm going to pray that God reduces your salary to a point you feel comfortable <laughs> giving. <laughs> right? Doesn't that sound silly, right? Like, okay, okay, it's too much. So let's just come. I want you to live under these principles. Let's come into agreement. Let's pray that, that God will reduce your salary to a point that now you can give. See, it's, it's, it's different places but equal sacrifice. It's different places but equal obedience. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's, let's give him a round of applause. I think Mariners Harbor Group right there. You know what I'm saying? Dyron, come here. Dyron. Darren, come here. Help, help me out. Is anybody getting this? Is this blessing someone? Please help me out because you guys look terrible right now. Um, <laughs> um, so, so what did we just learn, Darren? We, we learned that we are called to be financially stewards, right? Financial stewards. We take 10%, we sow it to God. Can, you, can someone give me an offering basket? Can I get an offering basket, please? Rue, there we go. Oh, right here. We got it. We got it. Boom. Boom. Give me this offering basket right here. So what God says, God says, listen, when, how many, get, how many get paid weekly? Raise your hand. If you get paid weekly. 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 If you get paid every two weeks. If you get paid uh, by day, you know, if you get paid by day, Awesome. If you don't get paid at all, now nah, you can put your hand back down. Don't, don't raise your hand. But when you do get paid, when you do, when you do, when you start racking in the dough, right? Some of us are entrepreneurs, right? We we trying to we trying to make it until we make it, and we and 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 and, and, and when we start making up making that money, right? Every time you get a blessing from God, every time you get your paycheck, don't say bills. Say who does it belong to? Don't use the wrong B word. You should use two B words. Belong and blessed. See, because if I know who it belongs to, I know that my paycheck is blessed. I can't look at my paycheck and say the other B word, bills. I got, I got to look at my paycheck and say, who does it belong to? Because if I know who it belongs to, I know that this paycheck is blessed. Amen. Change your face. I know you guys have a good time. You just got to notify your face. But... So, so, so this, this is God's blessing over your life. There's, how, how, much, how much is here? Count this. Count it out loud. Yo, yo, you counted that way too quick. <laughs> Security, I don't know, man, right here, just. This, there's $100 there, right? Now, based upon what you just learned, how would we treat this? If, if, if God blessed him with $100 right now, what is God expecting of 
his son. God is saying 10% belongs to to him. 10% belongs to God. Everybody say the tithe. Now, financial stewardship says the other 10% should go where? Into the bank. Into the bank, a.k.a. Leora, right? Put that in the back pocket. Right? Now, what does God say you could do with the 80%? You could spend it. So this is God blessing you today. He's saying, listen, man, you could keep these $80. God bless you. You did what's right. You gave what belongs to God, $10, savings, and $80 to you. Thank you so much for that example. Let's give him a round of applause. That's yours. God bless you. Wait a minute. I went to church and got money? Wait, what happened here? <laughs> um, this is what God wants us to move us towards, obedience. And even that, there's, there's a, there's, and, and even in that, God is, like, like hear me, like, I know some of us in our heart, I, I, I've been there. Some of us in our heart, this is, this is a hard message, man. I know. I, please, I prayed 16 hours before I preached this message. I know it's a hard message. I get it, you know. I get it. I tell you, I fear and trembling. I'll be like, Lord, look at their faces. Do you see this, Lord? Do you see this, Lord? But I don't want to rob you from what God has called me to teach you. If I can teach you on the love of God, if I can teach you on the grace of God, and we can receive that, let me tell you, you cannot live a more blessed, you cannot, it's impossible for you to live a blessed life and not live generously. So God says, how long will you rob me? And take, is God going to strike you dead? No, he's not going to strike you dead. Are you going to go to heaven if you don't ever tithe in your life? Yes, you're going to go to heaven. That's, this is not a salvation issue. You're not going to go to hell because you don't tithe. No, nope, you're going to go straight to heaven. This is not a salvation issue. However, however, you may never experience heaven on earth. And so that's what God wants you to experience. John chapter 17, he says, this is eternal life, that they may know me. So your eternal life doesn't start when you die. Your eternal life starts the moment you accept Jesus Christ in your heart. And he says you can get a preview of heaven here on earth when you start walking in the principles of the kingdom that you really belong to. See, you can't operate under the kingdom that's here on earth. Why? Because we advance. Do you know that you advance your government without a fight? How many of us pay taxes? Whether you like it or not. Guess what? The government of this world is in motion. You know why? Because they understand the principle of the tithe. See, see, you're getting taxed so that the kingdom of earth could function. And God is saying, why is it that we resist to put the kingdom of heaven into function with our tithe? This last word, as the worship team comes up, I want us to get to, and it's, everybody shout, opportunity. Opportunity. See, when you, when you, when you walk in obedience... When you walk in, and this is something that God is ministering to my life right now. When you walk in obedience, it's no longer out of obligation. When you walk in obedience, you start looking for opportunities to bless people. See, because you, you've already opened up your heart to God. You, you say, I'm not going to give out of obligation. I'm not going to give because I have to. I'm done with that. That was 2017, but 2018? I'm going to operate in obedience. 
And what you realize is that you can do more with the 90% that God has rendered unto you than you could have ever done by yourself with the 100%. And this is what God says. He says, put me to the test. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven. Pastor, I can't tithe. I, I can't. You know what? You're never going to be able to tithe until you tithe. And you know what I've realized when I speak to people that tithe? You know they tell me the same thing. People that tithe. People that believe in tithing. You know they tell me the same thing? I can never go back. I'm talking about people that are convicted. I'm not talking about people that they're still, their heart is not in the right place. I, I'm, that, I'm not talking about people that are giving out of obligation. Well, I got to give because, you know, Pastor, Pastor Rose handsome and I don't want man, to look ugly. You know, I'm just, no, I'm not talking about obligation. I'm talking about, I'm talking about, I'm talking about people that in their heart, they're like, yo, yo, I talk to people that tithe. And this is what they tell me. Oh, my gosh, what a blessing it is. Everybody, everybody talk about tithing. That tithe, it's a blessing. I, I can never go back. I have, to, I have to give God what belongs to him. Because let me tell you, when I give God what belongs to him, he does more with my 90% that I could ever do with my 100%. And you know, you know what happens to people that haven't tithed? And again, if you're here in this house, please know, I don't know who tithes and who doesn't tithe. So as far as I'm concerned, everybody that here is, is here today is a tither. So I don't, I don't know who tithes and, and who doesn't tithe. Because the truth is that that's between you and God. Yes, we have a record of it. Yes, you're going to receive your, your notifications. Yes. But I don't, I don't know who tithes and, and doesn't tithe. In, in my eyes, I believe everybody's operating under the principles. Only you know that. And so everybody that doesn't tithe, they say the same thing. I, I can't afford it. I, I, I can't do it. But you're no different from the person that can. You know, I, you don't got more bills than I do. You, you don't got more bills than I do. Yeah, I just, do you, do you know? I got to pay child support. Come on now. Let me see your child support bill. Come on. Shut your mouth. <laughs> but I chose, I made a decision to love this woman for the rest of my life. And I'm not going to renege on that decision. Even, even, even in her human state, she's not perfect. I know it's hard to believe, but she's not. But I chose to be faithful to her. I don't, chose, I don't choose every single morning, wake up, oh, am I going to be faithful, am I not? Am I going to be faithful, am I not? No, I chose to be faithful to her. And when you tithe, let me tell you, it opens up this heart of obedience that you start looking to give above your tithe and offering. You're like, tithing? Like, that's just 10%. See, see when, you, when you, you're like, wait a minute, if I give 10, I'm giving, now, I give 10% and I'm more blessed. This is why Paul says, I heard what Jesus said, and he says, it is better to give than receive. He says, there's something good about receiving, but there's something better than receiving. It's called giving. And when I give my 10% in obedience, what happens else is I start looking for opportunities to bless above and beyond my tithe. And so I, I start looking for people to bless. I start looking for, for opportunities. Oh, oh, someone needs to get sponsored? I'm going to pay for them. I start living this life of generosity because I want to experience the blessed life that he has for me. And listen, and so many times God will bless you and he's blessing you to test you. To test what? To test your priorities. You know what he's looking to bless you? He's blessing you to test your heart. I want to see if you know who that belongs to. I told God the other day, I was like, God, God, I dare you to test me. I said, give me a million dollars, see if I won't. 
I say, I say, God, tr- God, trust me. And maybe there's not something wrong because maybe I'm not there yet. But I was like, God, I dare you to trust me with money. I was like, and I believe, I believe, I say in front of our church, I believe that God is going to bless this church because of the ge- generous heart that is in this her- church. And so, l- listen to me. God is saying, listen, is, is, is going out to eat more important than the tithe? How many can land easily 40 bucks on dinner? Easy. Easy. No fight, right? Just 40 bucks. Bah! Hey! There you go. Easy. <laughs> no problem. Right. That was good. And the food was terrible. And just bow. And God is saying, see if I won't. Not of obligation. Not of condemnation. But of out of obedience. And that will lead you to seek opportunity. And God sometimes will promote you. He'll promote you to see if you're willing to be faithful. God will randomly have someone give you $1,000 to see if you'll be faithful. Any penny that comes across through the Remedios household is tithed from. Any. If you give me a gift of $1,000, guess what? I am not spending the whole gift on myself. If you're writing out a check, Rolando Remedios, just joking. If you give me, because I just believe in generosity. It's just what I'm going to give. I have many sources of income, many sources of income. I have about four different streams of income. And every single stream of income that comes through my home is tithe from. Because I believe in the principle of giving. And so write this down. When God blesses you, don't raise your standard of living. Raise your standard of giving. In Acts chapter 20, in Acts chapter 20, the Apostle Paul says, by everything I did, I showed you, you should work to help everyone who is weak. everyone who is weak. Remember that our Lord Jesus said more blessings come from giving than from receiving. Zab, can you come here for a second, Zab? Zab, come here. Let's give it up for Zab, Mariners Harbor. I believe, I believe we're going to open up a campus, a Kuhau in Mariners Harbor. Come up here, if you don't, if you don't mind. This guy got some dancing moves you would never believe, I'm telling you. And he can sing, but he's front right now, like, you know what I mean? He can't. Um, see, God, God says, like, it is, you get more blessing out of giving than receiving. It's not that you're not going to get blessed by receiving. You are. But he says you get more blessing. And I don't know how long you need to hear this message for you to start walking in it. And so God says, I've blessed you with a paycheck. Here, grab this in your hand, one hand. Put that in your pocket. Close fist it, close fist it. In your pocket, just hold it in your pocket. See, God wants to bless your life, and so many times we're so close fisted with what he has already blessed with that we don't make room for everything else he wants to bless us with. And so we hold on tightly to what we have, not realizing 
that what he has to give is much greater than what we already have. And so God is pouring out blessings. Take, take, take your hand out of your pocket. God is pouring out blessings. But you can't grab them all because your hand is too close-fisted. That's how some of us are with love as well. It's generosity is not just about money. It's about our love. We, we, we're too close-fisted with our love, and we only love certain people, and God is trying to pour love into us, but because our hearts are so closed, it can't even receive the love that God is trying to pour into you. It's like God is trying to hug you, but you think he's trying to get in your pocket, and God is saying, I'm just trying to give you a hug. And God is saying, would you open up your hands? Would you open up your hands so that I can pour out a blessing that you can't even contain? A blessing in your life that will overflow into your family. A blessing in your life that will overflow into your generation. A blessing in your life that will overflow into your workplace. God is saying, I'm calling you to live a blessed life, but you got to open up your hands. You will see that when I pour out my blessing on you, if you're close-fisted, it will just fall by the wayside. And you'll miss out what I have for you. Okay, you had what you wanted. Maybe you got your, 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 maybe you went out to dinner and maybe you, and I'm not against all those things. I go out to eat as well. But I don't go out to eat at the expense of what belongs to God. I know this is a hard message. I know. I know. But it's sometimes in the hard messages that God needs to pierce deeply into our heart in order for us to experience the greatest transformation. God says, test me. Test me if I, in this and see if I won't. Thank you so much, Dad. I'm going to ask you to get up on your feet. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God, love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.